From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. Don't lose relationships over sales. Today on episode 88 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Jamie Beckler. Jamie was employed as an athletic director for 20 years before he decided he wanted to be self-employed as a coach. In this episode, we have a straightforward discussion about what it takes to use your expertise and replace your employment income with what you generate in your own business. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Jamie Beckler. Jamie is the host of the Success is a Choice podcast and author of three books, including The Bus Trip. He spent 20 years as a college basketball coach and high school athletic director. Jamie now works with high-level corporations and sports teams, helping them maximize their potential in the area of leadership, culture, and teamwork. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, David. I appreciate you having me. Great show and uh, glad to be on the show. I'm glad to have you on. So 20 years as an athletic director is a long time. How did you end up making the leap into corporate coaching from there? Yeah, you know, I, I'd been a coach, I'd been an athletic director, and, uh, you know, I loved leadership. That was a passion of mine. And uh, I had an opportunity to be trained and certified as a John Maxwell leadership coach. And so I went through with that while I was an athletic director, just thinking that, you know, this is going to help me in my current job. This is going to this is gonna help me in my passion of helping student athletes and people become better leaders. And it was during that time that I realized, hey, you could actually get paid for this. Like you could actually make a living at helping people in the leadership space, being a consultant, uh, working with people. And so I started pursuing that a little bit more. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to leave organized athletics and I'm going to move into the consulting space and, and be a leadership coach on my own. I'm going to be my own boss. And, and I never really realized that till, uh, till I went through that training and it was, uh, and, and that was about four years ago. So for four years, I've been, uh, unemployed or self-employed depending on the day. Yeah. I, I had one guest on, on this show who said every day I wake up unemployed and it's my job to be employed by the end of the day. That's right. Uh, my wife gets home from work, and I, I let her know if I was a uh, if if we had any money that day. If I was if I was employed that day. <laughs> if I was self employed, or if I was still unemployed. But uh, uh, yeah, but it's it's been a great journey. You know, I loved organized athletics. All I ever wanted to do in my life was be a coach. But the reality was, yeah, I wanted to be a coach, but that was more of just a a method for helping people develop. And so, uh, you know, once I went through that training, the John Maxwell training, I realized, you know what, I, I can do this for a living and and have a, a cast a wider net. And uh, it's it's been great. I've I've gotten to work with, uh, you know, it's, it's weird. You know, one day I'm working with a middle school sports team, and the next day, literally, I'm on a you know first class flight to go work with an NBA team. Uh, you know, so I, I'm working with whoever really needs leadership and whoever wants to have a better culture. Mm. And how did you learn about being self-employed in this training that you took? Yeah, you know, they had a couple different areas. You know, they're training people up to be great leaders, the John Maxwell company is, but they're also training you to 
be a, a business person if that's what you want. And not everybody that went through the training wanted to be self-employed or wanted to be an entrepreneur. Some of them just wanted to be a better teacher or be a better pastor or be a better, uh, you know, whatever in their line of work. I want it, you know, that's kind of how I went into it was, hey, I want to be a better athletic director. I want to be a better coach. And then I realized, you know what, I can be a, an entrepreneur. I can be my own boss. And so I kind of just... Uh, drank from a water hose, you know, uh, you know, essentially, you know, they had all these resources and all these people available to help us out that had been where I, where I was at and were at the place where I wanted to go. And so I just, I just soaked it all in. And, and I also did a lot of, uh, internet searches and, and I got connected with some people early on that weren't even connected with the John Maxwell team to how to run your own business. Uh, you know, there's a number of people and a number of great resources online for free. And I just latched onto them and, and I reached out to them and, Hey, do you have 30 minutes that, that you could talk to me, uh, and that kind of stuff. And then I eventually, I began a podcast and, uh, you know, some of those people wouldn't take my calls for advice, but they'd sure come on my podcast. So I still got my 30 minutes of advice from them. <laughs> it is kind of, um, interesting how having a platform and, and hosting something changes the dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been fun having the podcast, you know, getting to ask the questions I want to ask. I like listening to podcasts myself and, uh, you know, but listening to the answers, listening to the advice, getting to chat with people that have been successful in life uh, from a, from a variety of different avenues. You know, sports is my main area. That's my main target market, uh, athletes, coaches, but my podcast is for anybody. And it's probably not the best business model in the world. Uh, you know, one week I have a pastor on the next week I have a pussycat doll. Uh, you know, we have entertainers, we have people from Shark Tank, we we have all different kinds, but, you know, success leaves clues. And I love talking with people from all walks of life because you can learn from their stories. So what, what would you say that is a common theme for your show? Yeah, uh, probably one of the biggest ones is is staying focused and knowing what you want to accomplish. And then whether you work backwards to figure out how to reverse engineer that or just, you know, staying focused, you know, obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off the goal or distractions are what you see when you take your eyes off the goal. And most people that have been successful, most of the people that I've talked to on the show, they've maybe have had, well, actually almost all of them have had setbacks to some degree or major challenges, but they continue to keep their eyes focused on where they want to go. And I need to hear that about 50 times on my podcast because that's a daily problem that I have. And I, I don't think I'm alone with that, but that's definitely a problem I have as an entrepreneur is I want to do 30 different things. You know, I have all these ideas. I have a long to-do list and, and things I want to do, but I've got to stay focused on what's most important and, and how am I going to get there? And it doesn't mean that I don't do those other things. It just might mean that I, I don't do them for two years or three years. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to plan as opposed to just trying to do everything I want to do today as a knee jerk reaction. So I, I kind of learned a lot of stuff of staying focused on what, what really matters the most. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? How do you stay focused? Cause I know it's, it's a huge challenge for many entrepreneurs, <laughs> shiny object syndrome. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't have the best answer for that because it's been something that's related to me with sports for all these years is I've kind of just developed this, all right, this is what we need to focus on. This is, it's, it's almost that discipline of, of doing what you have to do when it has to be done as well as you can possibly do it and then do it that way all the time. So having that self-discipline to prioritize and say, all right, I need to get ready for this next opponent, or I need to 
you know, run this time or I need to do this, this amount of lifting or I need to get this many shots up or as a coach, you know, we have this opponent coming up. I can't be worried about what's going to happen three weeks from now. I've got to be worried about right now, but essentially just staying disciplined. And, and, you know, that's one of the biggest things, you know, an entrepreneur, we have, we have the option. All right. Do I want to sleep in? Hey, do I want to go golf today? Do I want to go to the beach? Do I want to just relax and watch Netflix? You know, we have these constant battles within ourselves of these distractions of things that we might be fun, but we have to stay disciplined. And hey, I want to, you know, this is my goal when I'm 50 years old, or this is my goal when I'm 40 years old, or this is my goal 10 years from now. Well, how can I get to that goal? And if it means playing golf today, then great. If playing golf is just, you know, a distraction, then I don't need to do that because that's not getting me closer to my goal. So it's kind of, you know, 25, 30, 35 years of being an athlete and being a coach, helping me with this discipline, but really just staying focused, waking up each day and say, hey, I have to do this today. You know, I have a whiteboard in my office right right here and, and I keep track of what do I have to get done today? Not what do I want to do, but what do I have to get done? At the end of the day, this has to be done. And so I keep that short, relatively short. And then I have another column of things that I'd like to get done today. Um, so I want to make sure that at the end of the day, there's no question that I was able to get the thing that was most important done today. And I try not to get distracted. And how does this method of staying focused relate to all your years of work as an athletic director? Yeah, well, you have to balance a lot of things as an athletic director or as a as a basketball coach. You wear a lot of hats. You have to you know, juggle a lot of balls sometimes, but sometimes there's more important balls that you have to make sure that you catch and then keep juggling. Sometimes there's, there's more important things that you have to do. And so, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, that's one of the things my first couple of years, I was almost, it was almost like going back as a college basketball coach where I was a graduate assistant. You know, I'm a grad student, I'm learning stuff and I don't know what I don't know. And that was the first couple of years of being an entrepreneur. I didn't know what I didn't know necessarily, but I'm also trying to do all these different things. You know, I'm trying to balance all these balls or juggle all these balls. And some of these balls aren't getting me any closer to my long-term goal. And four or five years ago, I should have been thinking about, all right, what do I want to be five years from now? Where do I want to be? And so I was taking a lot of you know, uh, speaking gigs. I was doing a lot of speaking early on, but that was to pay the bills uh, because I was scared because how am I going to replace this salary, this huge salary that I just left? I've got to replace it. And so I'm taking, I'm, I'm worried, I'm knee-jerk reacting. I'm, I'm living for the paycheck, you know, trying to take all these gigs, but they're not really getting me closer to, to my ultimate goals of, of maybe writing a book or, or maybe developing an online program. Uh, or developing actual uh, systematic content. You know, uh, what I'm doing is, all right, yeah, I'll speak on this. Yeah, I'll speak on that. Oh, you want me to speak on this? Sure, I'll do that. And so I'm, I'm spreading myself way too thin and I wasn't focused early on. Right, which means to a certain extent, your business is running you versus you running the business. Oh, great point. Absolutely. And I might be, uh, you know, putting money in my wallet or putting money in my bank account, but I, and I'm certainly getting experience being up on stage or being in different speaking environments, but I'm not, I'm not building a consistent brand and I'm not preparing for the future and I'm not putting things into place. You know, there, there were many months where I might've made money, but I didn't get any closer to helping me out today uh, or five years from now. And so that was something that I, I definitely, uh, definitely learned as I went along and I, and I'm still not perfect at it, but I'm, I'm certainly a whole lot better at it. And, and then when, you know, when a COVID-19 strikes, 
all of a sudden it's like, okay, I've been speaking, I've been doing a lot of stuff, but I didn't get done what I needed to get done. And then I never expected COVID-19. And, and for instance, one of those things was an online leadership program, an online platform, a membership site for all these sports teams, pro, college, high school, that, that are fans of mine that like my stuff, but how can we help them you know, when I'm not around, I can't go speak to everybody and, and how can I make it affordable and all this kind of stuff? Well, I put that off for years and years and years because, well, it's more important that I get a paycheck. It's more important that I, I feed our family and that's not feeding my family. Well, the reality is, is once it gets done, then it really feeds your family. But I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then COVID-19 strikes. And then all of a sudden, you know, no one's traveling anywhere to speak and it's like, this would have been the perfect thing to have during COVID-19 when all the sports teams can't be with each other. And so, you know, that was something that we put into high gear and, and you know, we recently got it done to start 2021. We, we rolled it out, but it was about two and a half years late. Jamie, what, what have you found are some of the most important actions to take when you go from a paycheck to being self-employed? <laughs> well, it, it does definitely helps if you have some kind of a, a slush fund or a rainy day fund or some kind of savings built up. That definitely helps. But we went through that pretty quickly that first year. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I didn't necessarily know, and, it, and, and I should have, it was my fault. I should have looked at this a little bit closer. But, you know, even if your salary is 50000 80000 100000 and you figure out a plan to replace that, you still have 401k stuff. You still, you know, the investments, you still have the insurance part of it. You still have the, you know, most people, they don't necessarily spend money when they travel to their workplace necessarily, you know, maybe a little bit of gas, but they're not paying money to, to work necessarily. If you're a speaker, you, yes, a lot of times you're going to get that stuff paid for, but sometimes you're not going to get it paid for. And so sometimes, you know, you might have a gig for, you know, starting out, you might have a gig for a thousand bucks, but you also might have a $300 plane ticket, or you might get your travel paid for, but you have $300 in incidentals. And so all that kind of stuff you really don't think of necessarily. And so, uh, seeking out counsel, seeking out people that have been where you've been and really having good conversations with them, honest conversations. And that's hard to find sometimes. It's hard to find people that'll dive into numbers and, and really be honest and transparent with you. But, uh, you know, even once you get into it, okay, let's say you have that all figured out. Once you get into it, all right, saving for your next rainy day, saving for the COVID-19s, saving for, all right, when maybe you can't work or maybe there's a downturn in, in the economy. You know, don't taking, all right, if I made, you know, $5,000 this week or $10,000 this week or per month or whatever that number is, not just saying, all right, now I have 5,000, 10,000 to spend. You know, you need to divvy that up. You need to figure out taxes. You need to figure out, okay, how much of this is going to go back into our business? How much of this is going to go into our pocket? Um, so all those kinds of things. And, and you don't want to just spend willy-nilly, obviously, but uh, all that kind of stuff, you kind of learn on the fly. And in your experience, what have been some of the unexpected successes yeah, you know, I had a pretty big network as a college basketball coach, as an athletic director. I had a pretty big network, but some of the people I've met and some of the positions I've opportunities I've I've gotten uh, since working on my own have been great. And and you have to be ready to take advantage of those opportunities, but you also have to be putting yourself in a position to get to know people, to network with people, and not networking so that it's a transactional network, but networking just to get to know people, to hear more about their stories, to get to know your market, get to know your audience a little bit. Uh, there have been major college football coaches 
that have used my stuff or bought my books, used my books or, you know, my material with their teams. And I didn't even know about it. It wasn't something where, you know, they're publicizing it. And then I, I hear about it through the grapevine and then you reach out to them and then you develop relationships with them. You, you network with them, but you never know. And so you just cast this wide net, but you don't do it from a transactional standpoint. And I think a lot of people, you know, they get so worried about sales that they forget about relationships. And uh, I, kn- I know that you had on one of your episodes, uh, I forget the lady's name, but the LinkedIn person, uh, a Brenda, Brenda Meller. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, on LinkedIn, a lot of times it, it tends to be transactional. People, you know, as soon as you connect with someone now, all of a sudden they're sending you a, a 12 paragraph sales email or direct message. And, you know, that turns people off. And I think some people get too into sales and not look at the long game and not look at the relationship building. And that happens with entrepreneurs because we want to pay the bills. We don't have that paycheck coming in every Friday like we did when we were in corporate America. But we have to realize and and stay focused, stay disciplined that, you know what, the relationships, the people part of it, for almost all of our entrepreneurial uh, endeavors, the people is going to matter. And, And so don't, you know, don't lose relationships over sales. You know, just you don't make the sale or you're trying so hard to make a sale that you lose a relationship. And so that's been something that I've really tried hard, uh, you know, with with my coaching friends. You know, there's some coaching friends that that like my program or like me and they like my stuff, but they're just not in a position to bring me in to speak or pay me money. Well, that's okay. We can still be friends. And, and you know what? I wish you the best. And you know what? I'm, I'm still here next week. I'm still here next month. I'm still here next year. You know, if you ever need me and, and, you know, I've seen people in the first couple of years of my, of my entrepreneurial experience that didn't pay me, but now they're paying me, you know, because maybe it's just the right time for them. And so you don't, don't lose that, that relationship over a sale. No, absolutely. Relationships are everything. Um, so, Jamie, focusing on on what you actually do in your business, who's your ideal client? Yeah, it's it's mainly coaches. Now, the the goal is to help student athletes, but I go th- about that through coaching coaches and leading leaders, helping coaches or athletic directors reach their student athletes. So, that's a two pronged attack. One is helping the coach themselves to be a better coach to to impact people better to to have be a better leader but then also helping out their their student athletes to be better leaders better teammates so ultimately they can be better community members whatever community they're going to to live in you know hey don't mean to get too deep on you but i mean the kids that a high school coach is dealing with or even a college coach is dealing with those are our future leaders you know those are the future politicians future business owners that kind of stuff and so uh you know if we are concerned about the future then we want to help the current youth of today. And so that's kind of how I go about it. I, I go about trying to work with coaches to help them be better, but then also work with the athletes. So it's very similar. Some of your audience might understand this. It's very similar to like when I go in and, and consult with businesses. So let's say I have a CEO or a supervisor that wants me to come in and work with their employees. Oftentimes they'll say, fix them, fix these employees, get these employees to do what they're supposed to do. But it's a team effort. Sometimes the employees are handcuffed or they're not allowed or able to do what they should be, or they're not facilitated or they're not empowered to be leaders or be good at their job because the CEO, the manager, the supervisor is kind of holding them back or they're not all on the same page. And so oftentimes I'll be like, hey, we need to work with everybody. Uh, not just the employees. And so that's kind of the same way with coaching and, and athletics. And so my market is, is athletics. Uh, and I've worked with pro college, high school. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, they, they all have, even when I work with pro teams, they might be millionaires, their bank account might be bigger, but they still have needs as people. They're still people. They're still humans that have ego, that have agendas, that have feelings and emotions and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, you just help people to become better. You take them from where they are to where they need to be. And so it, it's been exciting, whether I'm working with a sports team, which is which is my wheelhouse, or you're working with a bank, or I'm working with a, a company that builds airplane parts. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. You're still dealing with people and you're still trying to inspire people. Jamie, what are the, some of the common challenges that you see that coaches have? Yeah, it's the same from a my perspective, having been in the entrepreneurial space, being my own boss for the last few years time management without a doubt, but also how do I deal with, with getting to the heart of what people's problems are or what their issues are or what their pain points are. And, and a lot of times when I struggle as a coach with this, coaching people or consulting with people, it's because I'm not listening. I go in there with a preconceived notion of, okay, I'm going to, I know how to fix this, but I may not know exactly their problem. Like I know the, the overall, the umbrella, I, I know the 30 foot view of it, but I might not know everything that's going on. And so oftentimes going in, doing an audit, uh, so to speak, or, or just listening, understanding, you know, Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand then to be understood. And I'm not trying to get them to understand me as a consultant or a coach, but I definitely need to understand them. I need to see their perspective in order to help them most effectively or, or to get them kind of on the, on the track that they need to be. Hmm. What's a really rewarding win that you've observed and you've helped accomplish? Absolutely. When I see a, a team that I'm working with, mainly a sports team, but where they're able to maximize their potential, they're able to do something that maybe they didn't think that was possible. And that doesn't mean win a championship. It might just mean they come together when they had three or four major injuries or during COVID, you know, here this last year, so many challenges, so many issues, but seeing teams stick together, seeing teams not turn on one another, have unity, uh, seeing teams where, uh, all right, things didn't go our way. We faced adversity, but we were able to overcome that and maintain a good perspective, maintain a good attitude. Because at the end of the day, you know, like I said earlier, they're going to be business people. They're going to be leaders, educators in their community. They're going to be husbands, wives, mothers, fathers. And, and so, the things that they're learning from sports can then transfer into regular life in their future. And so it's great to see when I hear these stories, when coaches will tell me, Hey, you know, the work that you did, or, Hey, we were able to implement this and they were able to overcome this X, Y, and Z. And you know, this, this is awesome. I see them, I see this individual kid or this team uh, being even better in the future. And so that's obviously, it brings a lot of joy to me and something that makes me feel good and makes me feel like what I'm doing matters. And seeing a team function like a team. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't matter if it's sports or a business. I mean, we're all in this together and we're all functioning as, as a team and, you know, human resources, salespeople, you know, the business people, whatever it is, and your different departments, you know, we still need each other. Um, we still need to work with one another to help our jobs be more effective. I mean, if, if billing doesn't send out the invoices on time or they're, they're dropping the ball, that can hurt a salesperson and, and vice versa, you know? So, so we have to understand that we're all in this together and we all need each other to do our jobs and, and everybody's valuable. And, and so that's one of the things I try to get across to everybody, you know, no matter what kind of team I'm working with. Uh, and, and that's, that's the main thing is, is teamwork, you know, great teams have great teammates. 
Well said. Well, Jamie, we've covered a lot of territory about your own journey and also how you help transform teams. If anybody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place to go? Well, my website is coachbeckler.com and the last name is spelled B-E-C-H-L-E-R, coachbeckler.com. And the main social media platform I'm on is Twitter. So if you're a twit, you can jump on there and uh, we at Coach Beckler and we try to do a lot of uh, positive, motivating and inspirational type things. It's a lot of it is athletics, but a lot of it is leadership. So it's not just for athletes, not just for coaches. So we try to keep it positive. You're not going to know what my favorite food is. My favorite sports team is you're not going to know who I voted for in an election. Uh, we try to keep it inspiring and try to keep it where it's positive for, uh, for people. I love it. Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo. My guest today has been author, podcast host, and leadership consultant, Jamie Beckler. Thank you again, Jamie, for joining us. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how coaches can overcome some of their most common challenges and much more. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.